And um, this is Travis, her son, and uh, I just want to remind maybe new listeners who might just be checking out this episode, we kind of started this um, because my mom and I would, often we'd talk on Sundays, and we'd be talking always about um, things that were uh, very spiritual and um, enlightening that, you know, things that we, we both really care about uh, becoming more conscious. And so, you know, there aren't a lot of people out there that, that really know how to get into a lot of these things or even comfortable doing it. And it's something that her and I, um, you know, we wanted to share with the world. And so for those of you who are uh, interested in, in these different kind of things, just how to be happier, how to live a uh, you know, more at peace. And uh, today's topic is... When things go wrong. Did we somehow never set that up and have no idea that we were? Because we were praying. We were praying. We were praying for God's help. We were praying for God's guidance. We were praying for God's protection. How in the world could that be part of thing that went wrong. Well, here is a story I'm going to tell you. This is a true story. It actually happened. There was a minister, and they finally got some vacation time for the family, and the family was just so excited about it. So they got all their stuff packed and ready, and uh, then the minister got up early in the morning, and he prayed for an entire hour that his family be protected, that uh, there not be any accidents, that that uh, there be a shield of protection around them so that uh, no one would come in and harm them in any way. And he did this for a whole hour. Well, the family gets ready and they get in the car and they drive down the they drive down the road a very short distance, and then the next thing the minister is aware of is that he's waking up in the hospital, hmm. and he is banged up really, really, really bad, and his two little girls are very, very injured in this car wreck. He's, and so he said, "How in the world could this have happened?" And so. He got hold of uh, a minister friend of his, and the minister friend said, "So, so tell me, tell me from beginning what you did." And so he told him, and he said, "And I prayed for a whole hour for protection from the family." And he said, "Do you know what you did that whole hour? You concentrated on car accidents, oh, things yeah. bad happening, and the universe is a Xerox machine." And it doesn't matter if you are praying to God to protect you. The focus was still on car accidents. Mm -hmm. Now, if he had done this, got up in the morning and started saying, thank you, God, this is so cool. We got a vacation going and everything is going to go right. And I want to thank you for that. 
and and we're going to have the best time, and we're going to enjoy the beauty of your forest. We're going to have such a great, great time. In fact, I'm already full of full of joy of even thinking about this wonderful trip that we're going to have on. And I thank you, thank you, for I know that already it is going to be wonderful. That is the way that you do it. They didn't bring. He didn't bring Karik into his consciousness. Consciousness mm-hmm. is a funny word. Whatever that you are, are thinking about, whatever you feel to be your truth, that is your consciousness. Mm-hmm. So if you're like, you don't want to get involved with the neighbors because they're doing something very, very bad. And you're thinking about uh, what very, very bad your neighbors are doing. You will probably end up sometime in your life doing that same thing, only worse. And if anybody would have ever told you you would have done that, you'd go, no, not me. But you were concentrating on what those neighbors were doing was wrong. So you brought it into your consciousness. Mm-hmm. Now, have you got anything that kind of goes along with that? Oh, yeah. I was just about to say is it's kind of tricky sometimes mastering those good feelings that you want instead of focusing on what you don't want. That's right. Like, um, okay, so today I went to uh, a Wheel of Fortune audition. Mm-hmm. And, um, and just as I thought, they it was more a test of your personality and about your level of enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. It was pretty much there's a long line, and then you put your name on a card, and um, you're waiting to put your card with your information and everything into a box before you sit down. And uh, basically what they're looking for is capturing the emotion of uh, having won a million dollars. You know, because when you think mm-hmm. about... When you think about uh, well, what is it really to to have a million dollars or have something right. like that come into your life? What is it really? It's a, it's an emotion more than it is something you that you it. have tangibly. You, you know, got it. when all that we're really trying to capture in life are these emotions. Mm-hmm. So so the way that you end up coming on stage and auditioning is they would select your name randomly out of a you know out of a hat basically, mm. and. Um, in the meantime, they're they're pumping you up the crowd. They want the crowd to, want a lot to of yell and scream. Yeah. So really, for me, whether my name was called or not, I realized it was really an exercise uh-huh. in bringing up levels of joy. But what mm-hmm. I realized is when I started picturing in my mind, what if they call me? You know, when they call you, they want you to jump up and down and, and mm-hmm. go up there and give them all this energy and everything. And I'm playing in my mind some uh, some moments. Could could I even do that? Because it's, mm-hmm. um, you know, you don't realize how you're going through a lot of your day just mm-hmm. uh, kind of kind of down or oh, uh, my, not yes. knowing how to to bring yourself up. Mm-hmm. And particularly when you're in the exercise, we want to see everybody be as happy and enthusiastic as possible. Mm-hmm. That's it's not it's easier said than done, you know. And, oh, and for my, most yes. people, why they don't realize that. Um, what essentially a million dollars or, or whatever it is that we think we want mm-hmm. is uh, because we think that we need to actually have it before right. 
before we before can, uh, you enjoy can be happy. Right. Have it or be happy. And yes. that's not how it works. When you are happy, then the million dollars comes. Right. And so not the other way. I'll tell and, you another mm-hmm. story of something that happened to me. Yeah. I uh I think you remember I was living in a spiritual uh housing place in Long Beach. And uh, there was a young man who used to walk down the alley all the time. And I would just kind of wave to him and him me. And uh, he uh, didn't have any shoes on and he looked like he's kind of dirty. But he's really quite a good-looking young man. He looked a lot like Johnny Depp. Mm. And I would always just smile at him. And so one day he came up and, uh, and he said, I just look so forward to your smile. And I said, thank you. And uh, we began talking. And I said, what do you need? He said, I need money. Uh, You can see I have no shoes. And I said, well, I'm not going to give you any right now. I tell you not. And the reason is because I don't know what you're going to do with those shoes. And um, it's not a good idea to give because you want a certain result. No, you're supposed to just give and let go as that as a gift. But in this particular situation, I saw an opportunity of a teaching. So mm-hmm. I said to him, if, and it's something you said a million, I said, if I was to hand you a million dollars right now, show me how you would walk. Mm-hmm. And so he started walking like that. And I said, okay, the next time I see you, I want to see you walking that way, whether you have the shoes or you don't have the Mm -hmm. shoes. I want to see you walking that way. And I said, and you'll never know just what corner I'm going to be coming around. I'm in more places than in this alley. Mm -hmm. So he had not talked to his mother in a long time. And he said, he began walking the way he would felt he would walk if he had a million dollars. And he didn't do that all day. It would just come to him to do it. And he said, I couldn't believe it. He's right there on the sidewalk with a pair of brand new shoes. You could tell they'd never been worn. And he slipped wow. my, he said, I slipped my feet in them. It mm-hmm. fit perfectly. And I said, that is fantastic. That's the beginning. Now, it's your turn to give. He said, I have nothing to give. I said, oh, do you not know the story of the little old lady that um, she came to Jesus and Jesus didn't give to her right off. And um, she let him know that she didn't have anything. And he said, well, what's in your house? And she said, well, I have some oil. He said, give some of that oil to your neighbor. And then from that little gift came more and more and more. She had to turn her consciousness from the need to receive that she had something to give. And when she started thinking, I have, I can give, Mm -hmm. then her whole consciousness changed. Yeah. And and we need to do this very important exercise. 
when we go to the store, we go to the store to go get something, don't we? Mm-hmm. If instead you stop for half a second and say, not of me, because of myself, I can do nothing. What that means is thinking of me as a self different from God. That the, 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 there's me and God. No, there isn't you and God. You are a part of God. So me of myself, I can do nothing. It is he who sent me who does the work. Because the I saying, I am here, the I is God. And so wherever you stand is holy ground. Because the I is standing there. You get that little feeling in you. It doesn't take long. And then you walk into the store and you say, I have come to bring you peace. I have come to bring light. I have come to bring joy. And if you catch eye contact with anybody, you silently say, peace. And you will see, after you're in there, not long after you're in there, you will see faces brightened up. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you don't. And if that doesn't happen, you still handed them something to handle their burdens with. And it might bloom for them an hour later, something, and you know nothing of it. Wasn't your gift to give in the first place? Because everything belongs to God. And when you start giving like that, you're going to have more to give and more to give and more to give. And it would finally probably end up in finances. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, everything that we we buy or put a value on, you know, essentially is about. Uh, getting a feeling from something that we receive, you know, uh, from someone else, a service that mm-hmm. we can provide that is completely non-material. And you um, said it first. People don't really know that's what's being exchanged. Is it something right. that's beyond? Yeah. Remember what Edgar Tully says, don't role play. Don't role play. You're the customer. That's, you know, that's the servant serving you at the cash register. Mm-hmm. No, you're one being of love, and you don't have to speak that out. You simply say it. It's within yourself, and look straight in their eyes, and you will see that you are giving. And the next thing you know, you're you're lit up higher and higher and higher. I've done that before, and little children really react to that. I've had little children push away from their parents to run and be with me. And <laughs> it's like, whoa! <laughs> yeah. And then, you, you know, you give them, because they, they, their little consciousness is not so full of fear, unless they happen to be with a very fearful parent. Um, but they're not, their little consciousnesses are not so full with, 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 with fear and, and I have to, I have to protect, I have to weather. And they see that joy and they want to be a part of it. And it isn't your joy. You've got to remember that you cannot claim anything. It, you are the instrument and the more joy and the more joy and the more joy that comes through you, 
then the funner it gets. And people like to be around people with uh, a high uh, sense of joy. Your father really had it. He used mm-hmm. to begin to to laugh, and nobody in the room knew what he was laughing at. And sometimes a whole restaurant would just start laughing. Mm-hmm. Or little, little smirks at the edge of their mouth because of this laughter. Yeah. And uh, and he was a people magnet because of that. Mm-hmm. I want to get back a little bit now to when things go wrong because um, it's important for people to know that uh, in mastering these things that it's not going to be um, you know, like a switch, you know, you, no. you switch on the positivity, mm-hmm. the joy and everything mm-hmm. comes. There's, you know, it's still moment to moment. Everything is still, exactly. you know, the here and now that we're dealing with. So do you have any examples of, uh, when things have gone wrong for you and, and maybe some oh, complications yeah. that you've had, uh, oh, yeah. something that was particularly challenging? Yes. I was going across a bridge. You were a little boy, and you were in the back seat of the car. And we were going across the bridge, and your father was driving, and he passed out behind the wheel. Your father was a big man, and there was no room between me and that steering wheel to get there and get my feet on the pedals and get hold of the steering wheel. And I didn't have time to think about it. You will do things when you don't have time to think about it. And somehow or another, I still believe that I had angel help. Uh, I got in between there, that, that steering wheel. I got my feet, my toes just barely on the... And uh, then we had to go across the divide because cars were coming straight at us. Mm-hmm. And uh, it ripped the whole bottom of the car out. And we were just sliding on sparks and everything going off the side of the road down into a little place. Well, I was the one who was taking all the spiritual lessons and everything. And Mm -hmm. to tell you the truth, I had begun to think that I was more spiritual than your father. And uh, and your dad had woke up in the middle of all as this stuff was all going. And uh, when I got the car over to the edge, he gets out of the car, <laughs> went around to the back seat of the car and laid down because he, he was ill and he couldn't, he couldn't understand the whole situation. And I was screaming and yelling, get out, get out, get out. This car is going to blow up. Well, I had to make a choice. And I thought, your father was big. I couldn't drag him. I couldn't lay you down on the seat and let you blow up. So I said, so I said, Lord, I know who you are. I know you are the God of good. You start talking right away. Don't talk about the situation. Talk about God and who he is and what he is because you're lining yourself right up with what's already there. Hmm. It doesn't come because you're in a, in a fix. It's already there. And when you're in a fix, you think it isn't there you start lining yourself up to what God has already given. He already gave a perfect world. And you start talking to that. And you line yourself up. And so I began doing that. And I ran with you in my arms and I put you I put you in the bushes and then ran back saying all the time, I know 
I know that you are goodness, and I know this. I know, and you know, I don't remember just what my words were, but just kept centering in, not on the situation, not saying, "Oh, look at this, you've got to help." No, I did not say, as I didn't tell God what to do. I told him I knew he was a perfect God, and <laughs> but I had no faith that anybody was going to help us. Mm-hmm. It was in my consciousness because I didn't grow up with people that helped you. So in my consciousness, nobody was going to help us. Your father grew up among very wealthy people and, and they had servants in his home and everything. And it was natural that people would come and help you. And so there was a light way, way far off, not even on the freeway we had come off of. And he said, turn the lights on and off. Turn the light on and off. And uh, I said, that isn't going to help. He said, do as I tell you. And I thought, did I not just say how perfect the Lord was? Mm-hmm. Uh, would I not be given perfect instructions? Does it have to come from a voice within? Or could it come from your father's voice? Mm-hmm. Now, those mm-hmm. thoughts came so fast. And so I turned the light on and off, on and off, and way away. This car was just a tiny dot. They, he came, he crossed over from another freeway, came around and came down to help us. And I said, how did you know I was there? He said, well, you were shining, you were flickering the light on and off. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So see? Yeah, and it's, it's and you also... Last, when you're in a mess... Not start saying, God, look, I'm in a mess. I do this, do that. You must not do that because you don't know how to help. I never dreamed. I would have said, God, uh, help me lift this man. No, that was not the best thing to have happened. He knew. But you must say, I know that you have already created a, a perfect world. You don't have to perfect it. It's already perfect. It's just that we don't see the perfect way. And a lot of what you were practicing that made um, things go, you know, relatively smoothly. Oh, yes. Kind of I was amazed. Amazed. That, yeah, is that you weren't resisting uh, no. what was happening. No. You know, because that's that's the issue is really, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. things are going to go mm-hmm. ways that we didn't expect or count on things, exactly. we, ways that we might consider wrong. Mm-hmm. But exactly. if we don't resist it, then the the true answer or, or what we were meant to experience from it can mm-hmm. come into play mm-hmm. and can come, you know, sometimes a lot easier than we think is going to. So I, wanted, I wanted to tell you about something that happened to me this week. All right. It was... And I don't know what it is, but it seems like when things go wrong, they come in threes. Mm-hmm. You know, where there's several things that will go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> first, and I don't know what it is, you know, just around this time of year, you know, March, April, it seems mm-hmm. like it's been a pattern in my life of, you know, a mm-hmm. lot of change. And I think that is for a lot of people that are moving or entering some kind of transition in their life, mm-hmm. you know. Well, that um, you get out of your consciousness and say, this no longer happens. These are my happy months. Right, right. But what I mean is that it it ultimately ended well. And it was, I mean, there were things going wrong, like, you know, all of a sudden my laptop isn't working. uh, Mm -hmm. And my car, and I haven't told you this yet, Mm -hmm. but my car went out this week. Mm -hmm. 
and I've had it for two years, and mm-hmm. I haven't had any issues with it. So mm-hmm. I guess it was probably about that time that mm-hmm. something should. Yeah. But uh, over the weekend, last weekend, my uh, check engine light went on, and mm-hmm. I figure, oh, no big deal, you know, probably it's going to something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Relatively simple to fix, you know. Mm-hmm. So I wait a couple days um, until Monday. Mm-hmm. happened over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And by the time Monday comes, um, I decided I'll, I'll probably wait till Tuesday. Uh, Mondays are usually a lot for me going on. I have to do errands and all sorts mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, so I was all, I was all, you know, trying to pay bills and stuff like that, rushing around, um, went to an ATM, and this time it wasn't a small withdrawal. It, I withdrew $380 and I mm-hmm. need to have a money order made. Mm-hmm. So by the time I get to get the money order made, uh, I realize I don't have the money on me. <laughs> and I, I went to the ATM, uh, put in 380 you know, is what I wanted, got the receipt, mm-hmm. walked out, and I didn't take the money with me. Yeah, because you were thinking ahead of yourself. Yeah, yeah and I was, you know, I was just... We all did I had that. so much going on, overloaded, you know, and mm-hmm. um, worked up and, and, and more in the future mm-hmm. than in the present. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but I, you know, I didn't get terribly upset, and I don't know why I had a feeling that something would be there to help me, you mm-hmm. know. And uh-huh. I, at first it went to feelings of dread, probably somebody's taking my money, and how am I going to explain mm-hmm. to the bank that I'm uh, out $380 and, you mm-hmm. know, uh, I didn't take the money and, and you guys owe me another 380 you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but I called, actually, um, and they said that someone had had actually seen the $380 come out and turned it into the teller. Oh, wonderful. Now, that's matching your vibration because you but now it didn't that. It didn't come, yeah, but now it didn't come too easily because then when I went inside, uh, the customer service representative said, well, yes, we've gotten your money, but we need you to call mm-hmm. an 800 number yes. uh, so that we can release this cash to you, which I thought was mm-hmm. odd. I'm like, yes. okay, well, you know, it's 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 my money. It's come out of the machine. Mm-hmm. You have it behind the counter. Why can't I just have it? Mm-hmm. I called the uh, customer service rep, and she told me the same thing. She's, and she had me hand me the uh, hand the phone to the customer service representative. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, she she cooperates, and I actually get the the money. And um, mm-hmm. next thing that happens is I go to get the money order made, and I get it made out for the wrong amount. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Okay, you know so what? Then, you should have stopped a moment yeah. and meditated. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And so at first I'm relieved I got the cash, but you know, yeah, exactly. I didn't take a moment to say, you know, thank you. To, uh-huh. to and anything meditate. for yeah you know for Clear having a, just a moment of gratitude you know I, I, mm-hmm. I could have taken but I didn't and so I was still all over the place and uh, so I realized in order now to get this money order um, taken care of I'm going to have to go back to the bank and cash mm-hmm. it out to myself mm-hmm. and the whole process over again right so I'm rushing now because it's past 5 o'clock to and you know to what was in your mind the consciousness of not enough time, not enough time, right. not enough time. Right. Okay, yeah. go ahead. And so um, 
you know, I had to find a bank that was open past 5 o'clock, which was 20 minutes across town. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I'm all upset at this point, and um, and I'm, I'm revving the engine, you know, I'm trying to get to uh, where I need to be as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'm going up, and, and not in the best part of town either, I'm going up this hill, and um, my car just stops, oh, just boy. cuts out. Probably saved you from being in a wreck. <laughs> yeah, I don't know exactly. And um, so I get out, and I hate being that guy. I mean, we we've all been that guy at some point or another, where the car just stops. Of course. You have to you have to call somebody over to help you push it to the side of the road. Yes. And um, and here I was thinking, well, it's you know it's a relatively nice car, and and there's nothing but homeless people around to to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Uh, first guy I ask. Uh, he says, oh, no, man, I just got some money stolen from me and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know mm-hmm. if that was true or not, but he, he mm-hmm. didn't want to help. Yeah. The next guy, uh, it was a homeless guy, and he came over and he, and he helped me uh, push the car to the side of the mm-hmm. road. And then as soon as soon as you know it, I have now two other people coming behind me that want to help. Wonderful, because you opened yourself that they would help. Yeah, and and uh, and you didn't look at them as though they were lesser than or something to be afraid. Right, right. Well, I got, I got, then I got a little caught off guard, but I realized it was for the best because I was in the car trying to steer this thing, mm-hmm. uh, and the guys are yelling at me, saying, uh, you know, turn to the left, turn to the right, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm all shook up at this point. So of course you are. This, then this pregnant lady comes over and she says, well, hey, I'll steer the car. Get in the back. You can help the guys. Mm-hmm. So I'm in the back now, uh, pushing the car too, and, and we have this, uh, you know, mm-hmm. kind of awkward angle going downhill. Mm-hmm. And so she's in the car, and I start thinking it would probably be pretty easy actually for her to just mm-hmm. say get the engine to start and and take off mm-hmm. with the car. And I'm putting a lot of trust into you know, yeah. all these people helping mm-hmm. me with my car, and hopefully nothing bad goes, uh, mm-hmm. you know, as soon as I pull over to the curb, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. They helped me back into a, a parking space, and it's just you know, so many things could have gone wrong. I called the yeah. then I called the tow truck guy. He comes mm-hmm. and he's he's very nice, very sweet. Mm-hmm. He even gives me I, what I have to do is I end up having to tow the car to the dealership because mm-hmm. they. What I realized is um, they had sent me. No, this is another thing to be aware of when you get a uh, service. I think they're called what service recall notices or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's something that uh, in my car is relatively new. That in um, when they're manufacturing the car, sometimes there'll be defects in the engine, and and they'll get enough reports that they'll send out they'll send out postcards to people mm-hmm. to come come get your car serviced or checked out for this problem. If there's anything uh-huh. going wrong with it, we'll pay for it. Mm-hmm. So I figured maybe it's related to that, even though I sat mm-hmm. on that thing for about a year. Yeah. But it finally went off in my mind. The tow truck guy dropped me off at the dealership, and um, and I needed a ride back. And normally they they won't do that. Uh-huh. Uh, but this guy, he was he was willing to do it for me, and he he took me back home. So like I said, there's so many things that could have gone wrong. The next mm-hmm. morning, uh, I come in first thing. And maybe that was another good thing is that it was there overnight because uh, they mm-hmm. can get started on it even sooner. Mm-hmm. But I still had to wait for quite a while 
Um, mm-hmm. And I felt like, and the guy told me, listen, it's probably 95% that they would cover it, being as mm-hmm. it's part of a service recall notice. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we've had a couple of no's. So, mm-hmm. you know, I uh, just don't want to get your hopes up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm thinking, geez, what if, you know, I have to take care of an entirely new engine, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Who knows of what that's going to cost. And uh, finally, you know, and he's still not getting back to me. He's having me sign papers, but he's not getting back to me. And so I just quietly remembered to to not resist and that there was, and this is when I became aware that probably there was some sort of order that was helping me mm-hmm. is I started in that silence to, to realize the things that had gone right, you know. Yeah. The $380 was retrieved mm-hmm. uh, when I when I was uh, stopped in the middle of the road and, mm-hmm. you know, one, you know, not a nice part of town. I had mm-hmm. people that were very helpful mm-hmm. and uh, weren't asking for anything in return. The tow truck guy mm-hmm. took me home, you know, and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And I was like, you know, that even if things don't end up the way I expected to, there must mm-hmm. be something either that I'm supposed to learn from this mm-hmm. or something that I'm supposed to master in my emotions or in mm-hmm. my reactions so that I can navigate through life a little easier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the moment that I stopped resisting, I it was about 4.30, so I figured, you know, 5 o'clock, they'll probably mm-hmm. be less likely to get back to me if I wait any mm-hmm. longer. Mm-hmm. I said, I go to the counter, and, and the guy who was helping me wasn't there, but I said, is there a chance that, um, you know, past 5 o'clock that, you know, they might not get back to me that this, you know, Mm-hmm. This won't get taken care of today, and 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 here I have clients, you know, wanting to to meet, and I can't get anywhere without a car. Yes. And uh, the guy says, uh, "Let me check for you," and and he looks on the computer and uh, pulls the guy over that was helping me the first time, mm-hmm. and the guy says, uh, "They've approved you, and mm-hmm. uh, all expenses are going to be uh, taken care of at no charge One to you." Plus. Uh-huh. And he gave me, and he even gave me a loaner car so I could get a loan. <laughs> and so I'm driving around in a loaner car, uh-huh. which is which is a really nice car. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I've been blessed in in many ways. Oh my! And the, yes. the, uh, my laptop, even though that went out, mm-hmm. uh, I had been saving money to go to Alaska, and mm-hmm. um, I I didn't know how much it was going to cost for this laptop. Mm-hmm. I ended up not taking the trip to Alaska, mm-hmm. which I've been looking forward to, and I even mm-hmm. uh, got a credit card uh, mm-hmm. to give me uh, points every time I spend money so that I could save mm-hmm. money on the trip to Alaska, which, mm-hmm. which never happened. But um, but what what I did do is uh, when I finally looked up the laptop that I that I would need, and I figure I'll, I'll invest in a good one this time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that it doesn't break like my other ones have. Mm-hmm. I look up to see uh, how much it's going to be, and it's you know I've, I've tried to get the best deal I could, mm-hmm. and it was exactly it turned out to be exactly the money that I had set aside for Alaska. Oh and my so, goodness! <laughs> and so not only did the, the the laptop now I have a nice laptop that will last uh-huh. me. Um, my car engine mm-hmm. is going to be entirely replaced at no charge to me. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's it was just really a lesson for me to learn to not resist or to judge right. the moment as wrong. Right. And I think right. Right. everything's. Fun.
falling apart because you know it certainly seems like that. You know, and you're like, how am I going to pay for all this? How is how all this? And that's what the gonna, that's what the Bible says when it says, "Believe not in appearances." Mm-hmm. It appeared that everything was going wrong when it wasn't, and uh, we need to all develop the consciousness of the truth that God made a perfect world and He adores us. And so as you would, if you made a creation, you would adore it. And he made a perfect world. And this, this person that is us goes into the human mind and the human mind thinks there's going to be troubles all the time, all the time, all the time. But the divine mind knows it made a perfect world. Mm-hmm. And so in a perfect world, uh, all these good things would happen. And so we need to constantly say, uh, I'm in a perfect world. I'm God's creation who loves me, and I am in a perfect world, no matter how things appear. Right, because I think that's really the question you have to ask yourself is, what what do you really believe? Do you really believe that um, that a god that would have created a universe did it as a cruel joke, or mm-hmm. do you believe that uh, did it out of love? And mm-hmm. you know, even if you imagine yourself as a creator, mm-hmm. what would you derive if you had all the power and all the knowledge and everything in the universe? What would you get out of being cool to the thing that That's you created right. that was a part of you. And God never, never, never tempted you. And he would not he would not create a being and then test it to see if it worked. Right. You know? And he would not uh create a being that in actuality now here's a strange one that would in actuality do horrible things, all of that is in our dream state. All of that, all this horror, this war, this everything, that's in our dream state. And Joel uh, Goldsmith, that you know I enjoy his teachings, Mm -hmm. said that when he was in the service, he was a high-ranking officer in the service, and he had a a big, big pistol on each side of his his uh on each leg mm-hmm. or hip rather excuse me and he had men totally surround him with huge high powered rifles and they were going to the front line and he always stopped and had his men pray and he because he was also a chaplain and he said now we must pray we must we, we must all pray so they were all praying and then all of a sudden he started laughing and the men Say, what in the heck? He said, why in the world would God, who created the enemy too, protect me against the enemy? Why would he take favorites? Mm-hmm. He wouldn't do a thing like that. That's ridiculous. So he told them, we need to change our prayer. Let us pray for our enemies too. And pray that our enemies be calm and not fear us. And that his perfect picture of what he created start being 
what we are realizing, even though we don't realize that that's what we're realizing, but we're calming down. And send love to my enemy and respect to my enemy is the same as you do me and these people. So he, he went on into battle expecting to be blown half to bits, but of course it's only the body because the body isn't, the body's in the dream world. Mm-hmm. And it, your spirit is walking just behind your body a little bit, almost using it. Have you ever seen those Asian uh, puppets that have the the the, uh, the puppeteer stands behind it and it has little sticks and it tells the story that way? Yeah, I'm sure. Okay, yeah. well, that's actually what's going on, and they knew this. Mm-hmm. And so if if the puppet died... Uh, the 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 one that was doing the sticks with the it, it, it isn't dead, mm-hmm. and so that's who we really are. So anyway, he expected his body to get blown to bits and everything. Not expected, but thought that was a possibility. Mm-hmm. And he went out there and he said he couldn't believe it. He saw enemy, and he actually even looked eye to eye to one, and not one person shot the shot. Nobody. He had no idea that was going to happen. So he did that each and every time, and he never, ever, or his troop did ever, ever got shot at again wow. in World yeah. War Two. But he didn't do that so that would happen. Mm-hmm. He just pro- he just asked for the love. Then at that particular time, he didn't know he didn't know the teachings and know that God had created a perfect world, a perfect world. Mm-hmm. and that could be nothing but, but just uh, a dream that, that wars were going on. He didn't know that information then. So we learn, you know, we learn as we go away, but it was enough. What he knew was enough. You don't have to know all the information in the world. Like Edgar Tolley says, we think, got to have more, got to have more, got to have more. Can't get happy, can't feel safe, can't feel until I have more information, more information, more information. No. Mm-hmm. No. Just a small bit of truth. And he knew that he, that the God that created him and adored him also created that enemy and adored him. And there again, it was, a, it was a lack of resistance. A lot of times, mm-hmm. he did time not resist we... whatever was going to happen, because but the resistance is, is uh, what there's a there's a saying. What you resist will persist, right. and this is what women make a big mistake a lot of time because their husband's a drinker, mm-hmm. so they start resisting his drinking, resisting his drinking. Let the man go. Let him drink. He thinks it's good. He is thinking of the liquor as good. Let it go. Let it go. And begin talking to God and saying, I know how much you love my husband. And not trying to change him. I know how much you love my husband. I know how much you love me. And I know how much you love the family. You've created a perfect world. And you just keep talking about the perfection and the kindness. It's always all about God, not the situation. And in time, the situation changes because the man wakes up and realizes this stuff isn't good. Mm-hmm. It's not doing me any good. 
in actuality, it can't do him any harm either because it, because uh, there is no such thing as a good substance and a bad substance. But there has been so many thoughts about liquor being being harmful that that's why it harms. Yeah. Or well, then people, you know, treat it as a salvation uh, and identity. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, and, and they and they are thinking get... of it as good. It's like my I didn't know this, but a lot of people came, they were born as a mother that was extremely nervous and they lived in extremely nervous surroundings and the first time they ever went, ah, was when they had a drink. Mm -hmm. So when they had to feel it, they're going to want another one, why not? Mm -hmm. You know? And then usually they turn very mean afterwards. Yeah. And, and that brings up the idea too of uh, attachment and, and how important it is in all this because um, a lot of the times when we think when we're labeling things as something going wrong, mm-hmm. it's because uh, of an attachment that we have to to something that we expected to go a certain way. That's right. And, That's right. And all the things that that we value that we you know inevitably lose or mm-hmm. you know anything that that you have in life eventually at some point comes to an end. That's right. You know, and, um, and, but just because those things are that you've attached yourself to and, and identified with mm-hmm. are, are coming undone. I mean, even, even, uh, you know, life and, and death, birth and death, right. they're all, it's, it's, it's all part of the same mm-hmm. cycle. So you have to realize that, um, and I and I learned when I went to the spiritual community in Scotland, there was a teacher there, and he said, and he found some scripture to back it up, which I'm not that good on scripture, but he said, God will never take anything away from you that you actually need. Right. And in the removing of it, very often that's when you find out how strong you are. You didn't know you thought you needed that. It could be a person. It could be a place. It could be a thing. Mm-hmm. Could be a thought. But you didn't really need that. But you thought you did. And I can't be happy until, well, I have this first. I can't settle down until I'm a beautician, and I and I've had women who can who are sales ladies, and they think they can't sell unless every little curl is just. Right. And I said, listen, I know that I'm not helping my business out because I could have you chained to my chair. Uh, but but uh, no, you're going to sell just fine whether your hair looks good or not. What you need to do is let the other person know what's wonderful in them. Mm-hmm. And in that giving, they will give back to you. Because you gave them love. If you're not sincere with it, it can kind of work for a little while, and then it'll then it'll turn around and bite you in the bottom. But if you're really sincere, sincere about it, you find something lovely about them, and you tell them, then that's connection. Right. And, and also, do I uh, remember this stuff all the time? Heck no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. And when I don't, I used to sit and analyze myself half to death about it. Then I found out, now you're stuck in it. 
You're stuck in the mud puddle, kid. Analyze in the mud puddle. Let it go. Because the next situation that comes up, you may need need to handle it just a tiny bit different. The exact same way that you handled this one may not work just that way. So you're always listening, listening in a sort of when they when when the Bible says pray constantly, it is not walking it's not saying walk around saying, Dear God, this that, that what prayer actually is is listening. I love how the American Indians say it. They say white man uh, white man goes into church to hear about God. We go in our tip in our TVs and sit silent to listen to God. So it's walking always with a, a ear to see what what is it that the divine wants. And even sometimes it's been known you will actually hear an audible voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one, one thing I've learned to kind of discern the voice that I should listen to and, and the one that I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And I think you, you are the ones that first told me is, um, yes, if not you the hear one that's all voice, excited. <laughs> yeah, if you hear the voice that's, you know, that's that's sharp, that's judgmental, that's, you know, sounds negative mm. or has an attitude, that right. sort of thing is not the voice. The one that's calm and gentle, that is the voice. Yes. That is and not even the one the that's truth. all excited. Come on, come on, come on, come on. We're going to have fun. Come on, come on. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Right. The one that's calm. Mm-hmm. That's the one. And not the one that says, come do this and then we'll get peaceful. No, 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 no. It is already peaceful. And it says, listen to my peace. Mm-hmm. Because that, that is your, that is your divine self. Well, thank you guys again for joining us. This has been another episode of Sundays with Kay. And, um, and thank you. I have my, my candle lit. Take your candle and put it on my wick and light your candle too. And soon there won't be a spot of darkness on the earth anywhere. Thank you guys. We'll join you again next week. Next time.